Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3170, The Minds of Mandalore is chapter 18 of The Mandalorian and we're going to do our 7 takeaway breakdown for you on today's episode. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, <laughs> I'm going to have issues with this episode of The Mandalorian and as I was prepping for it I felt like I just kept coming across issue after issue that I was having with it. So, I'm going to start with the positive stuff <laughs> for a first takeaway and say that overall I enjoyed the episode and I thought the directing was great. So kudos to Rachel Morrison for a great first Star Wars effort. The jump scares were all very well executed and the sense of danger of being in the galaxy and that freaky rotisserie cage, that's how it's described in the audio description of the episode. And the fact that that crazy creature is like draining the blood out of our titular Mandalorian, like, whoa, definitely like creep inducing scares. And you add to that the comedy of Peli Motto running a scam on various people on Bunta Eve, having Jawas scavenge their ships for parts and then making them pay for the replacement parts and the service work. It really did have a great combination of comedy and surprise and action and also some myth building as well. And we're going to talk about that myth building, that world building through the eyes of Bo-Katan in our deep dive on tomorrow's episode. So let's take away one. Takeaway two has to do with the fact that they keep having to figure out how to deal with the fact that the Book of Boba Fett included information that is key to our understanding of Season 3 of The Mandalorian. The fact that they had to have a previously thing before the episode begins, but not say previously on The Mandalorian. They just have to say previously, and then they show us scenes from the Book of Boba Fett where the Mandalorian and the armorer are having a conversation about Bo-Katan. We talked not too long ago about the Empire Magazine feature and about how essentially, for all intents and purposes, the creators of the Mandalorian kind of painted themselves into a corner at the end of season two and then they used the Book of Boba Fett to get themselves out of that corner, but there are still <laughs> I's to dot and T's to cross to help them completely resolve that situation and they're still doing that work in this episode. For a third takeaway, I'll say that this episode is making us accept a very specific suspension of disbelief, and that is that Grogu can understand what people are saying to him. I mean, it's one thing to have just the very basic yes or no or hi or bye or come here or stay there, those sorts of things, right? Those are very simple and straightforward, but <laughs> get Bo-Katan? I mean, we don't know how fast this species develops, but if you were to say for at least some back-of-the-napkin estimation that if Yoda lived to be close to 900 years old, then it's basically 10 times the lifespan of a you know, very long and healthy human life. So that would mean that Grogu right now is the equivalent of five years old, except that Grogu is also still pre-verbal, 
unless we're going to find out that this is just a result of trauma and that he's going to be spouting off stuff by the end of the season. But even if you assume that five-year-old back-of-the-napkin calculation, the Mandalorian just asked his five-year-old ward to find their way back to the ship, get off the planet, and find the moon that his dad was talking about a while back. And, you know, how often are five-year-olds paying that close attention to stuff? To say nothing of the conversations that Bo-Katan has with Grogu where she's giving him pep talks and saying that she needs him to lead her on so that they can find Mando. Now, I don't mind the flips that he's doing. I think that's kind of fun and I think that's perfectly in line with stuff we saw in the Book of Boba Fett. But yeah, it's this idea that he absolutely understands some very complex stuff that's being said to him that I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, we're being asked to suspend our disbelief on that stuff. For a fourth takeaway, I'll say I thought the handling of Darksaber combat was very well done. It was great that they showed us the Mandalorian struggling with the blade again as he fought off the Alamites. And by contrast, Bo-Katan, when she picked that thing up, was waving it around like it was nothing. It had no problem with it at all. The contrast was very stark and revealing. And I'm almost surprised that she didn't say, look, I'm keeping this thing, <laughs> at least as payment for me rescuing you or something like that. She could have said it to him. But in a way, I guess she's earned it technically now. I mean, if the whole thing about it is that it has to be taken away in combat, well, the Mandalorian had it removed from him by an opponent, that crazy mech suit wearing creature. And gosh, I wanted more... <laughs> <laughs> more levels of that, right? It was the giant mech, and then it was that you know, walking creature, and then it was the little bug-like thing that came out of it. I wanted to keep disassembling it further and further small pieces. But anyway, the fact that that creature took it away from the Mandalorian, and then Bo-Katan got it and fought and defeated that thing in combat, she has earned the Darksaber now, I think. And if she had said, I'm keeping this, Mando probably would have been like, yeah, I'm good with that. For a fifth takeaway, I'll say that this whole droid situation with the Mandalorian has been handled a little strangely. And I feel like even, you know, one or two lines of dialogue could shore it up potentially. So he goes to Tatooine and it makes perfect sense that if he was going to ask anyone for help with finding this part for IG-11, Pelimato would be a great person to ask. But once he finds out that there's no help for it, that the Jawas are like, yeah, there's no way you're getting that, Grandpa. He doesn't necessarily resign himself to the situation, but he certainly does by the end result of things. And Pelly selling him R5, like, it's so obvious that R5 doesn't want to be a part of this and is breaking down and there's, like, no questioning of this situation whatsoever by Mando. I think maybe, like, one kind of askance comment and then he's like, all right, I'm in, you know? Or a comment to the effect of, yeah, I was looking for a droid for speedlunking, but I just can't wait any longer. I'll take it. I'll just make it work. I mean, that's obviously way more dialogue than you would have the Mandalorian speak, but you get the idea, right? Even just some little bit of connective tissue would have felt a little bit better in that space, I feel like. I'd love to know what you think about that and other 
issues that I'm raising <laughs> with the episode. If you agree, then I'd love to hear it. If you don't agree and think it was fine, I'd love to hear that too. Chime in. Like if it's YouTube you're catching this at, the comments are right there. And if you're catching an audio version, please go leave a comment at the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com. I'd really love to hear your opinion on this. For a sixth takeaway, I'll say that, yeah, it happened a little bit faster than I think we were expecting for the Mandalorian to be able to get his redemption and bathe in the living waters underneath the mines of Mandalore to recite the creed as he was stepping into the water. And yes, when you're in a cave and there's totally still water and you get little moments of, yeah, nothing's going on down here, like, you know something's coming and so... It probably wasn't a surprise that he got sucked under the water like that, but it was still kind of a jump shock anyway. And even when he was with Bo-Katan before they went down to find the living waters when she served him pog soup, he was <laughs> drinking it without taking his helmet off. And so he's still trying to adhere to the way of the Mandalore. And it's interesting that he gives the you know, lines from the trailer, that monologue about, you know, what are we and we're scattered like stars in the galaxy. So interesting that that monologue was presented in a much different way in the trailer situation. Bit of a digression, but yeah, there you go. So now he's redeemed. Now he can go back to the children of the watch, but then what? This is the thing that we were discussing not too long ago also. Like, what is the point of him going back to the Children of the Watch? To be, you know, part of that covert and be a bounty hunter again? I think we can all safely assume it's got to be bigger than that. But whether it's going to complement what Bo-Katan has going on or conflict with what she has going on, yeah, that is still to be revealed this season. And for a seventh and final takeaway, this is just a kind of a fun fact situation. The glassy situation on Mandalore, the surface there, all of those spikes are of something called Trinitite. And Trinitite is new to the Star Wars galaxy. It hasn't been previously used in canon or legends. However, it is something that exists in our galaxy very close by. In fact, Trinitite was first identified after the testing of the atom bomb in New Mexico in 1945. After it went off, it turned sands near the test site into this glassy green substance. And I guess it's mixed in with materials from the bomb itself. So yeah, that's where Trinitite was first identified. And yeah, now we're seeing it because of the bombs that were released, the fusion bombs that were dropped on Mandalore as a result of the Great Purge. So that's what I've got for you about the Mines of Mandalore. And again, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the Mandalorian history-specific stuff in tomorrow's Deep Dive episode. But for today, that's going to do it. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. By seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. 
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.